Hello, podcasters. This is Mr. Black, and boy, do we have a great show for you today. And today, we're going to talk about the resilient mind. You know, today we're going to be joined by three outstanding men, all have a uh, background in law enforcement. And what they're talking about is a company they have about resilient minds on the front lines. And what they do is they go into corporations and they teach resiliency. And so today you're going to hear from three great gentlemen. We're going to talk about resiliency. We're going to talk about the mind. But as I set this up, I want to go over a couple things with you. First of all, uh, I got this great article from uh, award-winning travel show host Michael Wiggy, W-I-G-G-E, or it might be Wig, and he has done some incredible things. But what I really like is he has this article, uh, and I found it on skillsyouneed.com, skillsyouneed.com, and it talks about the seven pillars of resilience to master any challenge. Uh, And it's interesting because he defines resilience as making chicken salad out of chicken uh, fecal matter. Uh, It was a four-letter word starting with S and ending with T. Making chicken salad out of chicken, you know what? Painting the town red despite feeling burn out blue. And there's beauty in resilience. There's courage in resilience and there's comfort in resilience. And he says that resilient people are pretty much happy people who master the art of life with ease and solutions. Now, I would suggest that it might not be with ease, although it is with solutions. And I want to share this with you because I thought he gave us seven pillars of resilience. I thought it was a great list here. And he basically lists the seven pillars of resilience as realistic optimism, acceptance, solution orientation, self-regulation, assuming responsibility, and network orientation. Lastly, future planning. And so I want to go through these quickly because I think this is a nice checklist for having resiliency. Resiliency is the ability to bounce back. Resiliency is the ability to not let things stop you. You know, like God is a long-suffering. He is patient. Never give up. Never surrender. The old story about the stonecutter who's working to, to split this huge boulder and he hits it time after time after time after time and then and on the thousand and one hit, he splits the two in half. And the question is, what hit busted that thing in half? Was it that thousand and one hit that busted in half, or was it the thousand that came before it? And that really is what resiliency is. And what's lacking today is resiliency. We have a tendency to give up pretty easy. That's why you're going to enjoy today's uh, radio show and the three gentlemen that are going to join me. But let's go through this list. First of all, realistic optimism. Realistic optimism helps us to avoid unnecessary fears and self-imposed obstacles. On the other side, an unrealistic optimism can potentially lead us to risky behavior. So we want to have balance in there at all. So have realistic optimism. Is the situation you're setting up realistic or you're setting yourself up for failure. Number two, acceptance of the unchangeable. You know, this is the um, 
that one prayer, uh, the serenity prayer, right? Uh, God help us to accept those things uh, that we cannot change and change those things that we cannot accept, you know, whatever the prayer goes, right? Sometimes you just got to be able to accept the unchangeable. Remember, Covey talked about the circle of influence and the circle of effect. You know, those things that have an effect on us and those things that, uh, that we can change. And we need to focus on those things we can change. And some things in life, they are unchangeable. Now, they might bother us, but we have to accept that we don't have any realistic chance of changing them. And then you either need to learn to accept them or learn to move on. And then we have solution orientation. You know, solution orientation is a choice like so many of these things. Remember, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power. It is our freedom. Do you want to go on about the problem and waste your time, or do you want to look at solutions and move on? So many people are focused on the problem instead of focused on the solution. And it's important to identify the problem, but then turn our focus as quickly as possible to the solution. Number four, self-regulation. This pillar contains the abilities of self-motivation, managing stress, self-discipline and self-control notice the self we got to quit blaming everybody else for our choices and a lot of people choose by not choosing you know it's like the reticular activating system we must set our tv tuner if you don't set your tuner with the RAS, then the world will set it. Then bad traffic will set it. Then an angry boss will set it. And then an angry service worker will set it. So you've got to have some self-regulation, uh, if you will. And this is important. We have the choice to strengthen this pillar in terms of goal setting, boundary setting, accountability to ourselves. Uh, improve uh, our self-motivation through devising a set of short-term and long-term goals. It's a lot of different opportunities, which brings us to number five, which is assuming responsibility. See, this is a big one in today's world because we're all at cause. Uh, everything in our life that hasn't went well is because we're a victim, unless you're white or a male, right? Uh, but we got to start assuming responsibility, assuming a responsibility for how we feel. Remember, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power. It is our freedom. We've got to start accepting responsibility for how we feel and quit blaming other people. Remember, the mind is six times faster than we can talk. And so what happens is, is when there's a stimulus, someone says something or someone does something, we don't respond to that. We go to what we know, right? The Bible says a dog returns to his vomit and a sow after cleaning herself returns to the mire. And so we go to what we know. When someone says something or does something, what we do is we go to our past. We see something from our past, or we say or hear something from our past, or we feel something from our past, and then based on that, we respond. We're not really responding what the other person is saying or doing. We are responding to our narrative, our explanation, which brings us now to number six, network orientation. Network orientation is highly important in enabling you to get help in a crisis. 
it's worth asking yourself, how good is my social support network? right? If you need more friends or colleagues, it's absolutely fine. Loneliness is one of the main causes of depression, and there's always time to improve your network. This is important. And so you need to make sure that you have a safety network in place. You need to make sure you have a mentor, someone you can go to in times of mental struggle. You need to make sure you have a network of friends that can assist you. And this is where those friends can also be honest if you're always playing victim or if you never approach anybody until you need something. So a lot of this is very important. Number six is network orientation, which brings us to number seven, which is future planning. See, we got to have something to look forward to. Think about the phrase, I'm looking forward. A lot of us get wrapped up in the past. You know, three hours of survival, regret, resent, and resist, regret, resent, and resist. And all three require a rear focus. And we live in a world that wants to keep you focused in the past. The 1619 Project, a bunch of lies, want to tell you that over 500 years ago, the people that founded this country was a boat of slaves. And then after that, uh, the, the white people came over and the Revolutionary War was solely about keeping slavery legal. That's just a bunch of bunk. It's not true. It's a lie. And yet this is what the CRT, Critical Race Theory, and the uh, 1619 Project want to teach people. It's all racism. It's all about keeping people focused in the past. We're so wrapped up in the past. We're so wrapped up in what happened in 1619 or 1776 or 1812 or 1911 or 1975 or 39 years ago or 20 years ago or 15 years ago. You know, the devil is called the accuser of the brethren. He's the one that wants to keep reminding you of all your screw-ups in the past. And yet God tells us he meets us where we're at, and he, but he never leaves us there. God tells us that in Christ we are a new creation. Everything is new. The old is washed away. God tells us when we seek him and we ask for forgiveness, he takes our wrongs and he sends them as far as the east is from the west. How far is that? That's really, really far. That's how far it is. So we need to have a forward focus. And a lot of times the way to do that is set some goals, set some short-term goals, set some long-term goals. And when life knocks you down, you got to remember this. You can stay down and feel sorry for yourself. You can stay down and play the victim. Or you can pick yourself up and dust yourself off and hit it again. The good book says a righteous person will stumble seven times but get back up. But the wicked will stumble into ruin. And what keeps you from being wise versus wicked, overcoming versus ruin, is one key word called resilient. And so today, enjoy our guests and enjoy the topic of resilience, especially when we're talking about mindful resilience. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Do you understand? Do you? Do you? This is Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now. 
for Like It Matters Radio. You know, this is where we're living life like it matters. And you know, today is going to be a great day because we're going to talk about resilient minds. Matter of fact, we are blessed because we're going to have three gentlemen uh, with a company called Resilient Minds, uh, former law enforcement officers, and now they deal uh, in the mind. And it's fascinating because, you know, I'm a man of God first and foremost, most of you know that. And so I eat scripture, I study scripture, I send it out uh, all over the world every single day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Uh, And if you want that, by the way, you can go to wayofwarrior.blog, wayofwarrior.blog. Go down to the right side of the page, you'll see a button that says follow. Hit that button, type in your email address, and every day, and I send it every day, uh, you will get it as soon as I upload it. But, you know, God the Father is uh, Abba, Daddy. He's our creator. Uh, we are all creatures of God. Every single human being is a creature of God, but not every single human being is a child of God. Uh, and so you got to understand that only those who call on the name of Jesus, that's what the Bible says, uh, is a child of God. And even Jesus, when he walked this planet, said to people, your father is the devil. And so the Bible, you know, God the Father knows us well. You know, I was just on on the phone with my friend Adrian Lyles uh, with the Pool Network, you know, where he basically uh, works to dis, uh, disavow the construct of race. And he was talking about right-handed privilege. You know, he's being facetious, you know, farcical, if you will, about, you know, all this privilege, people under privilege. And he's like, hey, you want to talk about a big privilege of right-handed privilege? And he's right. Everything's made for right-handed people. And I have four children. Uh, I have a, I came from a family of seven. Uh, I am a family of six. Uh, and there is only one left-handed person in all of that, all 13 of those, and that is my son, Benaiah. And early on, I attempted to get my son, Benaiah, to use a different hand, even though naturally, innately, he's left-handed. But, and, and I realized what was going on. I was working to make things easy on me. And I felt guilty about it. Don't you hear what I said? Whoops. I was working to make things easy on me by making them easier on him because then I wouldn't have to deal with the flack, the fallout, all that. And see, I came to the realization that that was so selfish. That was all about me. And even though it would be adversity to my son, Benaiah, he would have to learn a little differently. He'd have to work a little harder. He'd have to do some of this and some of that to, to overcome it's going to make him a better person. And see, today we're going to be talking about that because Dr. Viktor Frankl said between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power. It is our freedom. And you got to realize what he's talking about. He's talking about attitude. See, our mind is six times faster than we can talk. And so the good Lord told us to hold our tongue. The good Lord told us to focus only on those things that are good and pure. The good Lord told us uh, to, to uh, focus, uh, uh, to con- keep your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, to guard your heart for all the issues of life come from there, to, to not hold a grudge, to forgive, uh, to let go of the past. Why would God the Father tell us all these things? Because he knows how we're made. He knows how we're made. There's a study of epigenetics. You should look it up. Dr. Caroline Leaf has done a lot of work. And she says that roughly 87% of illnesses can be attributed to our thought life. 87% of diseases are psychosomatic. Wow. That's study. 
Studies conclusively link more chronic diseases, what we know as lifestyle diseases, to an epidemic of toxic proportions in our culture. And these toxic emotions cause all kinds of problems, migraines, hypertension, strokes, cancer, uh, skin problems, diabetes, infections, allergies. Right? And all the marvels of modern medicine and all the research we've done, right? And the battles in the mind. God tells us that, the battles in the mind. He's our creator. He knows our struggles. Why do you think he's told us almost 400 times in the good book to not fear, to not worry, to not do that? Why do you think in Romans 12, too, we're told to transform our thinking, to not conform to the thinking patterns of this world? And this world wants to make everybody a victim. And, you know, boy, you can take people and they can take anything in life. Like my son, I could call Benaiah could be a victim because he's left-handed. Or, you know, we were born pretty poor. You know, I was born a poor black child. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> he got my boy, right? My skin is pretty pasty white. Not as bad as John's, but pretty close. But, you know, I'm a white guy. But yet my last name is Black. And we were white trash. We were the only white people in the projects. We were poor. Herman Cain said, there's a difference between poor and poor. Amen. He said, one's a, one's a bank account number. Uh, one's a mental state. Uh, and we were poor. I mean, the mental state one. Uh, we, we were. Between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power and our freedom. You know, Dr. Viktor Frankl came up with the concept of logotherapy, and it's all about man's will to meaning. See, once you understand all, how all this works, see, Dr. Eric Byrne, who's the father of transactional analysis, told us that there's a stimulus and response, and together we call that a transaction. It's the basis of communication. That's what communication is. There's a stimulus, someone says something or does something, and we respond. Now, here's the key. The stimulus does not dictate the response. Did you hear me? The stimulus does not dictate the response. Here's what happens. Because our mind is six times faster than we can talk, what we do is we go to what we know, right? Uh, the Bible says a dog returns to its vomit and a sow after cleaning herself returns to a mire. You know, you can tell a man's religion in time of despair because we go to what we know. We go to what we know. And so when someone says something or does something to us, we don't respond to that. Remember, our mind is six times faster than we can talk. And we have the three channels that we all learn in. The visual channel, we learn by seeing. The auditory channel, we learn by hearing. Or the kinesthetic channel, we learn by doing or feelings. And so what happens when someone says something or does something, we automatically go to those three channels. We see something from our past, or we hear something or say something about our past, or we feel something, a condition, a, a feeling, whatever it is, based on our past. And then based on that, we respond. You see, we're not responding to what the other person said or did. We're responding to our narrative about what they said and did, about the why of what, why they did what they did, about what does this mean about me, about, you know, women have always treated me as poorly, and here's this woman telling me that I did this, or men have always done this to me, or white people have always done this to me, or black people have always done this to me. See, it's all patterns of thought, and that's really today what we're going to go into, because we're lacking today is resilience, and what is resilience? 
Resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. It's toughness. The ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape. The power ability of a material to return to its original form. And see, we were given the ability to critical think. We were not given the spirit of fear, but of power and of sound mind. And what we got to return to is the sound mind. And that's what today's radio show is about. And today we're going to be joined by three gentlemen who are involved with an organization called Resilient Minds. And they all have a law enforcement background. Two of them are retired police officers. One of them's a retired uh, attorney general, I think a deputy attorney general. Uh, looks like they're all out of New Jersey. So they're all East Coast men, East Coast boys. So uh, uh, getting a little little twang going down a little bit today. But I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, duly noted, that's right. And so you're going to have a great show. There's going to be three men. They're going to share with you the power of the mind and how we are to be resilient in our minds. So I'm Black, and we'll be right back. Use your head, man! We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's Mr. Dot Black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. I suggest in the strongest possible terms that you start telling us what you know. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. And this is your hour of power where you get to be under construction. You know, that's what every leader's sign should be, under construction. We're going to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. And it really is about what goes on between the stimulus and the response. Uh, You know, it's our choices in life that truly dictates how people remember us at the very end. Uh, And uh, today we're blessed because I got three gentlemen going to join me. They're with a company called Resilient Minds. Uh, They all have a law enforcement background. Two of them are retired police officers. One of them looks like a retired uh, prosecutor, uh, assistant attorney general in New Jersey. So uh, all dealing with crime and uh, repercussions and all that, um, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, the conduct that's going on right now and how we treat police officers and the mindset and the battle and the narrative, all that is all about what's going on between the stimulus and the response. And so let's go ahead and get busy because we got some gentlemen that want to share some great information with you. Uh, Let's go to the phone lines and let's welcome Michael to Like It Matters Radio. Michael, how you doing, my friend? Hello, Mr. Black. How are you, sir? You know, I'm in the hands of God, like you are, brother, like you are, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Every day. 
So uh, I spent a lot of time on your website. Very, very impressive, Michael. Uh, you've, you've done some good things. You. And, you know, I'm, I'm an etymologist by trade. You know, words have value. The right word at the right time will change someone's life. And, you know, we deal in a world today where we're, we're all speaking the same language, but we're using a different dictionary. Right. I mean, uh, pro-life or pro-choice, we can call all kinds of bills that are terrible bills, put a good name on it. And you think the bill's good. So we play with words all the time. So let's let's start with this word resilient, uh, because I love words. And what does it mean to you? What does the word resilient mean to you? Well, it's it's not only bouncing back, it's also bouncing back and forward. And and the words that, you know, that I like to use is raising self-awareness. So you can better self-manage. And I think that's a, a good a good definition of what resiliency is. And, and we work in the pre-boom, you know, pre-events stage of things, giving people some of the tools mm-hmm. to make sure that they have the coping mechanisms because, you know, things are going to happen in life no matter what they are, whether it's yeah. death, illness, shame, family issues. You know, we always say life is happening when you're making other plans. Yep, amen. Amen. And, you know, we hear all the T-shirt slogans, you know, it's not what happens to you that matters, it's what happens in you. You know, uh, life, you know, the the ship on a, a stormy sea, you can't control the wind, but you can adjust yourselves. We, we have all the pretty sayings, all the pretty uh, positive quotes and all that. But one thing to say it and to know it and another thing to live it. And you have a you have a military background, right? Uh, tell us a little bit about your background with the I'm sorry, military, I'm sorry, law enforcement background. Tell me a little about your law enforcement background. Yes, uh, I started when I was actually 18 years old. I got out of the academy when I just just before I turned 20 years old. So, you know, I started, you know, I started very young in my career. Um, I'm still a young man now. I'd like to think <laughs> as much as, uh, as as much as I'd like to think that. But uh, we'll ask yeah, your wife. No, we'll I, ask your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, not at all. Not a. So, you know, with that being said, I, uh, I became a police officer 20 at, you know, 20 years old. I was out in the street. I was doing my mm-hmm. things. And, um, you, you know, you get into that daily, gr- daily grind. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, I always say it's the things you go out there, you're, you know, nobody's calling you because you're, you know, they want you to come over and have dinner because you're, you know, they, they call you when they've lost <laughs> control of their lives. And, uh, yep, you know, yep. w- with that being said, we go there and we try to handle the situation. But um, I did 25 years of that. And uh, through my, you know, through my process and everything like that, I also, you know, became into more of the business mind. Yeah, I, I like to consider myself a compassionate, visionary entrepreneur, along with, you know, a, a retired police officer and so forth. So uh, mm-hmm. as time as time went on, I retired after 25 years, and I became, uh, you know, one of the things that New Jersey had implemented was uh, 16 hours of a uh, mandatory uh, resiliency program that every police officer in New Jersey would have to go through. So with that being said, after my retirement, I was approached by my county prosecutor, and he said, listen, I'd, I'd like you to come on and, and be our chief resiliency officer for our county. So I, I thought that was a, a pretty good thing because I, something I always wanted to do was help. And that's why I got into the profession that I got into. So I, I became a, um, a, a what we call the chief resiliency officer for the county, went to a lot of trainings, met people from all great people from all over the country. And um, 
really didn't I know that I was practicing resiliency for a good portion of my career. But more importantly, I learned so many different things and so many different changes just by, you know, just by changing the trajectory of things. And one of the things, Mr. Black, that I I can't even tell you how important it is. And, and, and this is, this is my mantra. If you change your mind in life, you, you actually change your life. And, and that's so, so very important because when it, it, it's a lot harder, it's a lot you know, harder than I, I'm just saying it because it's very hard for yep. somebody to change a thought process. But yep. the one great thing is resiliency can be learned. And that's where neuroplasticity oh, comes in. And, and that's where yep. we have gotten gotten into the brain science a little bit with some of our doctors and really have changed the neurons in the brain to be able to really, really focus on not only the, not only the brain, but also how we can, everything that we've learned from kindergarten to first and second grade, we can reapply to our lives to make it that much better. Well, and you have to. See, the key is people have to know the underlying why. So I teach a lot of the brain sciences because you got to know how we're made. And the problem with most people is they can consciously say they want to change, but we only use 3 to 5% of our brain consciously, maybe 10 to 11% for a self-actualized person. And so if you're going to make any lasting change, you must follow the rules of the unconscious mind, the unconscious brain. Uh, and that's why I teach a lot of that. And that's why epigenetics, you know, Dr. Caroline Leaf's work, uh, Bruce Lipton's work in biology belief that basically Basically, we're a community of 300 trillion cells, all driven by our environment. And the ultimate environment is in our head. Uh, because I saw you got a beautiful wife, and I always tell people this, that it doesn't matter who we share our bed with. We all have to sleep with ourselves. Uh, and what sure. happens between the stimulus and the response uh, is really what, ma- what dictates who we are. And y- you know this. More police officers die from their own gun than from someone else's guns. Uh, the the uh, rate of abuse, the rate of divorce, the rate of uh, PTSD, so high with law enforcement officers, even before all this BLM crap. Even before all that, uh, there was still all this. Now you got you, cops go out there and they uh, they don't know if they're being ambushed. They don't know if they're friend or foe. They don't, they don't know anything. And so I just think what you're doing as a retired police officer uh, is, is phenomenal. Now, you started this company. So you're, you're the founder of this company. So I know it, well, you're a business guy. I was on your website and saw you do real estate stuff and all that. You're, you are a business guy. But there's there's more to that here than just business. You really believe in what you're doing and you have a great group of people around you. But So what do you love the best about what you do, Michael? What's the best thing that you enjoy about what you do? I love what I do because I'm doing what I love. And, and that's exactly every day when I, when I get up in the morning, it starts with one word and that's purpose. If you don't have purpose in life, you don't have true meaning in your, in your life. So really and truly, meaning and purpose is what drives me, is what drives the bus. Yeah. It's, it's my family. It's Amen. my mom and dad. You know, it's, it's, God. it's God first and foremost. And, you know, obviously yeah. with that, my wife, my business partner, and this team, this team we consider family. And, and I always love yeah. to use this analogy. You know, when you change your mind, you change your perspective. When you change your perspective, yep. you change your actions. And, and these are the things that you have all like-minded people that want to get together for one common purpose, and that's just to help one another. And that's basically the yep. vision that where this started from. 
is helping those on the front lines help themselves and others. Now, we learned after COVID that front lines has a whole different meaning now. You know, front lines yeah, is the yeah. grocery store worker. <laughs> is the is yep. the mother or the father teaching at home it, you know they're 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 yep. trying to do whatever they possibly can so to give that hope and that perspective and then resources and the positivity and all that other good stuff that comes with resilient minds that's that's really what we're all about and and I always say this oh. uh, you know, I tell the team all this you go to the gym and you work from the neck down how many times do you go and you really work from the neck up and, and that's, yep, that's, that's so really, truly, that's, that's important for our, you know, it's important for our body. Well, and God tells us, God's our Father, He's our Creator, and anybody that creates something knows how it works best. Uh, and God tells us the battles in the mind uh, to not be to not be deceived, to to beware of false prophets, to to test this and test that, to live and examine life, to to not hold on to the resentments of the past. So God knows us as fathers, Abba, Daddy, uh, and uh, just like a good father is going to teach his kids what to do, what not to do, not because they're mean, not because they want something from them. Because because they want the best from them. And I know we're going to be having Bill join us afterwards. Uh, and one thing I want to have Bill address, because we're getting ready to go to hard break, is the group. I was, I was fascinated by the group concept, because I work one-on-one with people and clean them up. But it's fascinating how you uh, talk about the groups, how you go into companies, how you go into organizations, and you teach this as a community. You teach this uh, collectively, which I find fascinating. So uh, I know Bill's right there with you. After the break, we'll bring him on and I'll have him kind of start with that and we'll move from there, okay? Absolutely, and, and people can find us if you, you know, through your website or you know, anything that we can do to be of assistance. Yeah, and we will uh, we will promote you guys. I'm I'm really happy to promote you guys. You guys are doing good work, and so I don't think we're competition. I think there's enough uh, people out there needing help that we can all be busy enough, you know. So uh, I am Mr. Black today. We're talking about. Three gentlemen from a great company called Resilient Minds, uh, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Here's a real student testimonial from Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Training. The way we met Scott was through an answered prayer. We had a, uh, a business associate who recommended a leadership training process. Initially, you know, I had been through uh, just a series of all kinds of leadership training and felt like I had been trained as much as I possibly could. You know, we went and went hesitantly. But the one thing, it would have to be consistent with my faith. And uh, it was your awakening class. And uh, that class was absolutely not only uh, the the answer to prayers, uh, business, but personally. It gave us the tools and it gave us the foundation to be able to really formalize and verbalize our values. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. One of the ways you get street cred is victimhood. You can act like a man! 
Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And today, we're adding a word called resilience. And uh, we are blessed because today we have three gentlemen uh, from a company called Resilient Minds. Resilient Minds. And they they basically deal in the battlefield of the mind. And so uh, I want to go right to the phone lines. Let's welcome uh, uh, Bill. Bill, welcome to Like It Matters Radio. How are you doing today? Fantastic! Good to be with you, Mr. Black. Glad to be with you. And hey, uh, Paul Michael, I, I want you guys to be able to plug what you do. Go ahead, real quick. How do people um, get a hold of you guys if they want to read up about you, reach out to you, have you come in? What's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, it would be uh, resilientminds.us. That's resilientminds.us. Okay, awesome. Uh, and, you know, I was on your website today. Very impressive. you got a great team there. Uh, you got great credentials on there. Uh, you know, but I was actually, i got to tell you honestly, I was the most connected to you, attracted to you. I, read, I attempted to go through everybody's resume, and oh, my gosh, like three and four pages. And then I saw Bill Mazur's, and it's like a paragraph or two. I go, that's my kind of guy, because I'm like Bill. That's, that's, that's a, it's a paragraph right there. But uh, I love it. You two are a retired police officer, correct? That's correct. So uh, 25, 30 years, how long did you spend in the uh, law enforcement, LEO? Yeah, so I grew up sort of in a, in a law enforcement family, a public service family. My father did 40 years in law enforcement. Uh, my wow. brother also served. Most of my siblings spent time in either education or medicine. So it's sort of in my DNA, I would, I would uh, venture to say. But I spent 25 years in law enforcement and retired in 2017 as deputy chief of police of my department, which was Atlantic City, New Jersey Police Department. Oh, wow, wow. And I got a lot of police officer friends. I've done a lot of training in the past with law enforcement. I work with PTSD, so uh, I've got a lot of friends. And I know the battle that you guys have and uh, the the mental battle, the, the battle with PTSD, with uh, all kinds of trauma. You guys see things and experience things that I don't think the human mind was meant to process. And so you automatically had a background because I know a lot of my friends talk about four pillars uh, of resilience uh, a lot in law enforcement training they do work on that a lot and so i noticed here that now you work for acadia healthcare as well a strategic account manager but you have a background uh in hr uh and you have a background in dealing with safety personnel and first responders and their families who may find themselves in personal crisis as a result of mental health so you've automatically always been drawn to the mental health aspect of it is that is that fair to say it is yeah you know spending 25 years in a in a dynamic police department uh, you get to see quite a few things, and you so eloquently put just just uh, a few moments ago. Uh, I don't think the general public really understands the depth um, yeah. of the of what the repetitive exposure to trauma can do to individuals. I mean, look, I, yeah. I don't know of any first responders who sign up um, because they want to experience trauma. They don't sign up for anxiety, yeah. depression, or post traumatic stress. I would venture to yeah. say. 99.9% of them sign up because they want to do good. They want to help people. Yep. But unfortunately, yep. part of the job is seeing things that are not normal in the process, as you eloquently put. Yep. 
Yeah, it's a trauma. I look at the stats, and like I, said, I have a lot of friends who are law enforcement officers. So, this, this, one thing I like to do is personalize it. You know, yeah, you might put on a, a, a uniform and hair a badge and have lights on your cars and pull people over and this and that, but you're a living, breathing human being. Uh, God made you the same as He made all of us. You still have trauma. You still have drama. You still have family issues. You still have self self esteem issues. You're a normal human being. You still want to love and be loved. You want to know you matter. I mean. I don't know when we started making police officers these non-human creatures. They're, you're still police officers. And so that's why I think it's great what you all are doing. And I'm very impressed, and I, I want to help you guys be successful. Uh, and one thing I wanted to address with you while I got you on the phone is I noticed you guys work a lot in groups and community where you, you talk about how you establish these things in a community, the ability to overcome, to handle stress, to, to grow from all these events. Uh, is that a big part of what you do? You go into companies, you work with companies and environments. What, what's the main part of what you do? What, what's your preferred way to work? Yeah, great question. So here's what we found. Originally, this program, our initial exposure to it was sort of a, a law enforcement first responder focused um, paradigm around these principles. But what we quickly yeah. realized was this really has very little to do with law enforcement or first responders specifically. Yeah. It has everything to do with humanity. So what we said was these principles easily transcend this profession. This is applicable to every person. Who couldn't use more emotional control over the responses? Who couldn't use more uh, empathy for their fellow citizen, right? I mean, we we saw that virtually vanish uh, before our eyes in 2020 with everything that was going on around our world with COVID and, and, and political and social unrest. So... We saw now uh, the need more than ever for communities everywhere, regardless of who you are, your socioeconomic status, everyone could use yeah. more resiliency and how to, how to better deal with adverse events in your life. I mean, we always use this soundbite. It's really about developing self-awareness so you can better self-manage. That's simply it. Yep. Yep. And those aren't just words, it's absolutely critical. I call it emotional intelligence. You know, the right emotion with the right intensity at the right time for the right reason, directed to the right person in the right way. And this is not easy, but it's transformational. Uh, And that's the key. You know, we are called to be the stewards of our experience. And and once people realize how they work, how their mind works, then they realize that they're in charge. Technically, no one can make you anything. No one can make you angry. No one can make you bitter. No one can make you shut down. You have to participate. Yeah, they can do something. They can have a stimulus. But the way you explain that stimulus to yourself, the way you go into victim mode or that you're defensive mode, that really dictates your response. Not what they did, but your explanation, your narrative in your own unconscious mind about why they did what they did, how they did what they did, and what it says about you. That's really what we're responding to. Uh, And so I think it's fascinating that you're teaching this in group form. I I do intensive... uh, uh, and I do 12 people at a time only, and it's, it's life-altering. 48 hours, that's the toughest thing most people ever do. And I get law enforcement officers that say, you know, uh, man, I was never intimidated by anything non-civilian until I met you. And But real quick, while I got you on, I, I want you to talk about the PERMA model. You know, I was reading your curriculum, and again, uh, this is on resilientminds.us, a great organization. Highly encourage you uh, uh, to hire them, to reach out to them. Uh, you guys, I was reading, you said the Resilient Minds Training Program adopts many of the principles established in the PERMA model. Can you speak about the PERMA model? 
Sure. So without a deep clinical explanation, uh, this is based on the teachings, really the founding father of positive psychology, which is Dr. Martin Seligman of the University of Pennsylvania. He developed many of these principles, and that PERMA model comes from him. It basically talks about the foundational components of this, which, which is the physical, the spiritual, the social, um, and the mental, right? That's where all yep. of this comes yep. from. There's, there's a pretty deep clinical explanation, which I won't go into, but it's, it's basically yep. the foundation of what we're talking about. But here's what I could tell you. You put it very well just a few moments ago when you were talking about self-victimization, right? Uh, yep. We talk a lot about that. And, and, and here's a really interesting way on how we can break the self-victimization model with self-talk. And here's how, yep. here's how it goes. So in other words, Resilient people, essentially, they don't ask themselves, why is this happening to me again? Or why do I have bad luck? They simply switch it, the perspective, and they say, what is this person or this event trying to teach me? Okay? And those are powerful words. When you really start to peel back the layers of that, it really gets you in the mood where you say, look, regardless of the event, positive or negative, traumatic or adverse, if I can learn something from this and I can figure out, yeah. is there a lesson from, from above that's trying to come down to teach me? You can change your perspective. And going back to what Michael said previously, if you can change your perspective, you can change your actions. It changes the whole trajectory of your life. So we really, oh, really delve yeah. deeply into that. Well, and again, this is where, you know, I'm first and foremost a man of God. I'm a pastor as well. And that's Romans 8, 28. You know, God causes all things to work for the good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And so once you realize that we serve a good God and he's a good father, uh, that everything we go through is to make us more like his son, Jesus Christ. So it's called the, the process uh, is sanctification, where God uses the unfairness of life and uh, the, the terrible things of life to shape us to more to be like his son, Christ. And, and part of that is to turn the other cheek. Part of that uh, is to not take things so personal, to get rid of the spirit of offense. And, you know, your, pro- your probably biggest obstacle, Bill, would you say, is that society, America has become a society of victims. We, we get our DNA tested to see what percentage of a victim we are. And so that's a big, that's a big order for you guys, correct? Absolutely. It's something that we really delve deeply into. And it's not our opinion, by the way. This has, yeah. uh, you know, everything to do with science and brain science, yep. neuroplasticity, yep. as well as physiology of emotions and how people put those emotions into thoughts and thoughts turn into actions. There's a direct yep. linear link with all three of those things. And if you can sort of interrupt them and put them on a different path, it's life changing, my friend. Absolutely, absolutely. And we are friends and brothers, and uh, we're in the same field, and the field and the field that we're in uh, is life. Uh, we're helping people become more of who God created them to be. And, you know, George Bernard Shaw was once asked, you know, if he could go back and live his life all over again, who would he be if he could be anybody else? And he said, I'd be the George Bernard Shaw I could have been. And he was talking about living to his full potential without the fear, without the doubt, without the limiting belief systems that we all carry from our past and our future. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking to three fine gentlemen. Uh, They uh, are with a company called Resilient Minds, and you can reach them at resilientminds.us. And they're changing the world by changing the way people think, one person at a time, one group at a time, one company at a time. So, Bill, we're going to hard break. Thank you so much, and God bless you, my friend, okay? Thank you, brother. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. All right. We'll be back with our last guest after the break. 
You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. How dare you? Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. You are still not mature enough to tell it like it is. Why don't you knock it off with them negative waves? <laughs> oh, John, John, John. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters. Inspiration, education, and application. And today we're adding a fourth word, and that is resilient. You know, the battle is in the mind, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I've been doing this radio show for almost seven years, and I keep telling you that the battle is in the mind. And what's so cool about the company that's joining us today, ResilientMinds.us, is they understand. See, they're warriors already. Uh, law enforcement backgrounds, retired police officers, retired attorney general. Uh, you know, and so they went from the battle on the streets uh, and the whole time they were fighting the battle in the mind as well, to now teaching others uh, how to fight the good fight, as Paul would say, to, I ran a good race, I fought the good fight. And if you're going to do that, you need to spend some time between the stimulus and the response. And so let's go to our, our final uh, guest, and uh, he's the big dog. We saved the big dog for last. Uh, we got the CEO of this great organization called Resilient Minds on the front lines. Let's welcome Robert to Like It. It Matters Radio. How you doing, Robert? Hi, Mr. Black. How are you? Pleasure and honor to be here. Uh, I appreciate that. I'll pay you a lot later for that. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, so you have a law enforcement background, too, but you, you've a uh, little bit different than the two before you. You've actually been in the uh, prosecutor's office, the attorney general's office. Tell us a little bit about your past, if you don't mind. Yeah, I've, I've been a career prosecutor 25 years. So um, I started a county prosecutor's office. I did uh, homicides, sex assault investigations and prosecutions. Um, too many hand-to-hand sales I want to remember and, and prosecuting those. Yeah. Um, worked my way up to the attorney general's office. Uh, started in 2004 there uh, in corruption, investigating allegations of official misconduct um, involving public servants. Uh, and then wow. 2011, transitioning to training uh, and uh, and ultimately becoming deputy chief, chief and deputy director overseeing the uh, the prosecutor supervision and training bureau. So all training wow. that law enforcement took in New Jersey, um, I was responsible for creating uh, prosecutors as well. Um, so, you know, topics like bias, implicit bias, um, use of force. I was a use of force expert, uh, CED, less lethal platforms uh, as well. Um, as deputy director, I retired in June of this year as deputy director. I oversaw the prosecutor and training bureau, the prosecutor side. There's 21 county prosecutors in New Jersey. They report to the AG. They reported to me. I reported to the director and then the AG. Um, I also oversaw the Cyber Bureau, um, so ICAT cases, wow. uh, unfortunately too many of those, uh, and, uh, yeah. uh, and financial cyber crimes, ethics liaison officer, what brought me here to Resilient Minds, Chief Resiliency Officer for the state of New Jersey, Bureau of Securities cases, and Homeland Security cases, to name a few. 
Wow. And I'll tell you, what you guys are doing, very impressed. When I was on your website, got lost for about an hour in there. I enjoyed it, really did. Uh, the background, like you just shared your background, impressive. And so now you're out there uh, in the battle. For, uh, I, I think we're in the front lines right now because the battle's in the mind. You know, I'm looking at this article from yesterday, angry and disgusted. Train riders held up phones, didn't call 911 as woman was raped on Philadelphia train. I mean, it, it, yeah. you're seeing people shut down mentally. You see them pulling in with COVID and social distancing and staying at home and struggling with pornography and struggling with drugs and alcohol. I mean, you went from uh, the battle lines to the battle lines, right? I mean, <laughs> from going from one job to the next, correct? Yeah, basically from you know, from my beginning of my career to the end from a management standpoint, yes. Um, from yeah. a line prosecutor all the way up to writing policy. Yeah, and now you're dealing with organizations. And so what, let me ask you, with, with, you know, Resilient Minds, and you're the chief operating officer, CEO, COO, correct? Yes, sir. Awesome. What, what, what do you think is your biggest obstacle in the way of what you guys are doing? What's the biggest obstacle? Um, well, my biggest obstacle, our biggest obstacle at this point is getting our curriculum in the hands of as many people as we possibly can to save as many lives, marriages uh, as we can. Um, I mean, you, I, I'm very impressed with your work you're doing as well. And you probably have the same the same philosophy, right, which is um, the more that we can, the more that we can actually meet, the more that we can actually um, get our get our curriculum and get them get them some tools where at least they have a chance yep. uh, where they don't go down that long, that long dark road. Um, that's, that, that's what we're all about. And literally that's, that's the biggest challenge. Um, we're, we're picking up traction as we go where we've been in, we've been in Texas, we've been in Georgia, we've been, we're going to be in Illinois, we're going to be in Nevada, um, New Jersey, obviously, which is kind of our home base. Um, but we, we, we really believe um, that this curriculum, uh, and it's been proven to us, saves lives. And that's, that's the biggest challenge. Oh, well, and I'm going to help you guys do that because uh, I believe there needs to be more warriors like you on the front lines. And I was reading about the Resilient Minds Training Program is a life-changing program that is based upon the basic concepts of positive psychology. And at the end, it said, with a roadmap to change the culture within the organization surrounding behavioral health issues. And I want to address this yeah. one comment you guys have on your website. It says, the curriculum focuses on the impact of operational and organizational stress, the effect of trauma and life experience on a employee attitudes, holistic employee health strategies, and enhancing interpersonal community relationships. I mean, that's what you're talking about. You're changing organizations. What type of organizations uh, is a good fit for what you guys are doing? Well, um, obviously all first responder organizations, but to be honest with you, all of them. So this, this applies in the corporate setting. Uh, this applies. We, we, we've actually done pilots and done our curriculum with uh, high schoolers, um, and high schoolers have gotten a benefit out of this. Um, teachers, um, our curriculum is broad enough that, it, um, and Bill, I was listening to Bill um, talk where it actually affects everyone. The difference, actually, and, and one of the things which great, is great about our curriculum is we don't change the curriculum when we present it to different groups. We just change the instructors. We have close to um, 30 instructors now will be up to around 60 to 90 by, uh, by midpoint next year of instructors. And, and we cast a wide net. So if we have a training in a school, 
well, we bring educators in because some of the things, if you took our training, it's those, it's those me too moments. So let me explain that, right? Yep. Me too, meaning what happened, happened to me. Because when you're talking about trauma, yep. as you know, there is no egg timer in trauma. So things that happen to yep. your kid, I am my father's son, right? Um, yep. Apply with, and, 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 uh, and basically affect your lens from how you're interpreting things and activating events yep. um, all the way through to how you actually deal with people. Um, so those Me Too moments. So when we have law enforcement officers, for example, I work homicides. Um, I know one of my activating events, which is the sense of smell, that, that smell, a certain smell actually came from a homicide investigation that I was involved with where defendant kills toddler, six-month-old toddler, which is, which is terrible enough. But then defendant lit the kid up, uh, doused the kid with gasoline, and lit him up in the fireplace. Uh, we were um, we were there, right? So you so you smell that smell. Well, when I smell certain smells, that activates yep. me. I'm right back in that yep. in that event, right? Um, and so actually yep. teaching about understanding what your activating events are, um, so you can actually change the way you do things. Now, sense of smell also be a positive thing, right? Um, I'm, I'm half Italian. You wouldn't know it from my last name at Seafield, <laughs> but I'm half Italian. Um, so, you know, um, my, my, my grandmother would either sauce or gravy, depending on, on what, yeah. you know, how, how you interpret it, the, it, very Italian with the, with the big wooden spoon every Sunday. Yeah. So when I cook that in my household, I'm now transferring myself back to the seven-year-old version of myself with my grandmother and grandfather since past. Um, and so, so cool. connecting those, right? It's connecting those yep. dots um, that we talk yep. about. And people don't get the mind is a sensory based organ. Every single memory we have is stored in the five senses. Something we saw, something we experienced, something we we heard, something we smelt, something we tasted. Uh, and and people don't know this, but your olfactory sense uh, will create a state of mind quicker than anything else. It is the only of the five senses. Your olfactory sense does not go through a filtering process. It goes directly to the main part of your brain. Every of the other senses is filtered before it gets to the main part of the brain. But real quick. We're going to heartbreak. How do people get a hold of you? How do people change their life with resilientminds.us? How can they get a hold of you? It's real simple. Go on our website, resilientminds.us. Our full name is Resilient Minds on the Front Lines. Uh, we look forward to whoever calls. We will return the phone call because our mission literally is to save lives. Amen. I'm so so proud of you guys. So glad to know you. And just so you know, you got me in your corner. Anything I can do to help promote you, I'm here. You got my radio show. You got my training. You got everything I do. So uh, we're going to make it work. So God bless you, my friend. I'm looking forward to what God has for us as we move forward, okay? I appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. All right. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. This thing that we live in starves people. What it is, put you in charge. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, 
counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.